Today's episode of Too Legit with your host Alex Fernandez is brought to you by the Higher Path Collective, the best dispensary in Los Angeles. Folks, I hope you had an incredible weekend. It was a, a football-filled weekend. I did a lot of yoga. I sweated out all the carbs and all the tequila from the past week. Your boy got off the keto diet and he was uh, he was not on par this week, but I'm starting out. I just drank uh, two gallons of water today and I am hyped. To talk about uh, this weekend sports, of course, we had the Monday night game last night, which was a complete snooze fest. Got the Saints and the Cowboys, the Browns, the Rams. God knows what happened to the Rams. And uh, we're going over all that NFL stuff. Got to talk about the NBA, James Harden with the one-handed or the one-legged thing. And uh, what else? Pre- the NBA is almost here, man. And we got to talk about the college rule. And of course, I'm going to close the show with our hot interview with Hall of Fame trainer, He's trained Antonio Tarver, Arturo Gotti. He's now with Sergey Kovalev, and he's involved, involved, he's evolved into this great trainer. He's involved the biggest fight of the year, Sergey Kovalev versus Canelo Alvarez, the biggest fight in boxing. I sit down with the homie Buddy McGirt. He's a recurring guest on the show, and we talk all things boxing. We get into some old school stories. Hall of Famer, legend James Lights Out Tony, he intervenes as well. It's a good old time. The interview will be uh, coming up after the analysis. And, of course, after our interview, I'm going to talk a little bit about boxing because Errol Spence Jr. and Sean Porter went down this weekend, and it was a heck of a fight. Of course, we got Triple G coming up next Saturday, and, of course, we got the UFC going down as well. So I'll be talking about that later in the week. But, folks, let's drop that beat from Dame Dalla because he went white hot on Shaquille O'Neal. I'm picking Dame Dalla right now, even though Shaq is the most petty dude. In the NBA, he, he'll get his, but I'm going with Dame Dollar right now. I like the track. Let's drop the beat, and let's get right into the show. No, you see my pockets deep, so you flexing ain't really your thing, bro. We both could be working at Kinko's, and Kobe, when you them rings don't owe. Nursery rhymes spitting, small cars sitting, oh. Icy hot poster boy, TNT snitching you, big man hating. Uh, mad at my existence, had a song with bad boy. No Jordan to the piston, still getting to the chicken. This ain't nothing new to me. I always been a chosen one. Nothing you could do with me. Do I really got to talk about the Bengals and the Steelers? It was Monday night. As you can tell, I'm full of energy. I got all the hot takes in my head. No notes necessary. I'm not prepared for this. Kind of like how the Cincinnati Bengals have been all year. Look, Zach Taylor, he's Sean McVay's guy. Uh, I don't know what's going on. He had a Taj Boyd uh, guarding a defensive end there on a punt. I don't know what he's doing. I thought he was a genius. If you hang out with Sean McVay, if you have coffee with Sean McVay, if you get your same dry cleaning with Sean McVay, you are an elite head coach. That's what everyone thought. You know, Matt LaFleur has got the W's. Zach Taylor, he's struggling. Cliff Cliff Kingsbury, he's struggling. But the Cincinnati Bengals, it doesn't matter if you get Tom Landry to, to, to coach these Cincinnati Bengals. They're terrible. A.J. Green looks devastated every time they show the camera on him. Andy Dalton is done. The Cincinnati Bengals have to move on. The Pittsburgh Steelers, however... They're still trying to shoot their shot with Cleveland and Baltimore leading their division. Remember, they traded their first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick, a cornerback who they thought was going to help them uh, tread water. Look, I don't think the Steelers are very good. Mason Rudolph could be their future. He was a three-year starter in college. And, uh, of course, Big Ben kind of shit on him when uh, he got drafted. But guess what? Look who's laughing now. Mason Rudolph is laughing right now. Big Ben's hurt. And, uh, man, are the Steelers going to move on? Are they going to get two? Are they going to draft a quarterback this year? There's a lot of questions going on, man. All I know is there's going to be a lot of questions. The Bengals need a quarterback. The Steelers got to make a decision on a quarterback. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, they're going to they're going to, they're going to be forced to make a decision. <coughs> so, <coughs> there's a lot of quarterback talk. And that's enough talk about that uh, Monday Night Football game. How come Monday Night Football 
They always get the worst slate of games. I noticed that. Always get the worst slate. Let's talk about the Saints and the Cowboys. It was the Sunday night affair. I was looking for a fancy word, but all I got to say is affair. Uh, no, new Drew Brees? No problem. The defense held down Dak. They held him down like a sack of potatoes. And four field goals beat Dak Prescott, ladies and gentlemen. What, 12 to 10? Dak couldn't get that final, th- those final points, the final safety, the final anything. And the Cowboys catch their first L of the season. I've been saying this about Dak. I like Dak's numbers. He's been looking pretty good the first quarter of the season. But guess what? He's been playing scrubs. And now the Saints, who are a pretty good team, they're tr- they, don't, they don't need Breeze right now. Teddy B is doing the damn thing as we speak. As we speak, he's doing the damn thing. And the Saints are trying to make it happen because uh, I don't even know what's going on in the NFC South right there. The Bucks, they beat the damn uh, Rams. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, look, that's all I got to say about that. The Cowboys, that, that, I, don't, I don't know. Are they going to make it? I don't know. I think they'll make it 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, Dak is betting on himself. He's either going to get $20 million or $40 million. There is no in-between right now with Dak Prescott. I hope he goes on a Joe Flacco run and just obliterates the competition and beats the Patriots or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl uh, with a miracle throw. Cleveland Browns have figured it out, ladies and gentlemen. Give the ball to Nick Chubb, and uh, we'll hit Odell when we hit Odell. Look, Nick Chubb is the workhorse of that team. You cannot rely on Baker Mayfield. Is he the franchise quarterback? Absolutely, he's the franchise quarterback. But look, everybody gets giddy on a franchise quarterback, right? Everybody's like... He's got to be our guy. Feed him the ball. No, you got to give Nick Chubb the ball. Opens it all up. I think they, I think Freddie figured it out. And uh, the Browns are flying on all cylinders. And look, they're gonna they're gonna win that AFC North, y'all. I'm telling you right now, they're gonna win the AFC North. Don't sleep on the Ravens, but I'm picking the Browns. Let's go back to the Bucks and the Rams. What was that by the Rams? Jared Goff, the ink just dried on his 110 million dollar contract. It just dried, and uh, he was out here throwing picks, three picks getting his team completely out of it, and uh, man, the defense did not show up. I really think our guys were partying really hard last night in L.A. The curfew was not intact, and look, and uh, we learned from that. Got the Seahawks on Thursday. It is what it is. They'll keep it moving. Chiefs and Lions, that was a great game. That was like Clemson and North Carolina. Is Detroit for real? I think they're for real. They, they played everybody tough, and that's their first L on the Chiefs or the Chiefs. Now, Patrick Mahomes, fourth and eight, no problem. Third and six, no problem. He just runs, he makes it happen, and they got the victory, man. Patrick Mahomes, is that dude can we switch to the nba please i'm done talking nfl why we're gonna talk about the patriots they beat the bills that the patriots defense is outrageous they are they they could win the mvp by themselves the the defense the nba preseason is here it kicked off with the houston rockets and the shanghai sharks that's correct folks james harden was out here no russell westbrook he was too busy dancing on the sideline my man james harden was hitting the sidestep one-legged three. He busted this out in the preseason. Look, there's no reason he should be taking this shot. This guy can create space doing a, a lot more efficient moves. He just doesn't give a fuck right now because he's James Harden. He's like, you're not going to give me the MVP? I'm going to shoot off one leg going out of bounds into the concession stand, and I'm going to make that shot. Look at this. This is completely out of control, but I love it. I hope he hits a couple of these during the season because the fans love it. When you when somebody hits this, this is embarrassing, yo. What happens if he hits you with the Wesley Johnson crossover, stares you down, and then hits you with the sidestep runner, and then wets it? You got to get off the court, yo. Like, your contract becomes a 10-day, and it comes, becomes voided. That's, uh, I can't wait to see all this in the NBA in the regular season. And uh, I, either the Rockets are going to win 60 games and be balls out, or they're going to win 45 and just choke each other by the All-Star break. There's no in-between with them. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they both got booed at LA events this weekend. Uh, what, they went to the Rams game? Booed out of the Coliseum. 
Chris Paul experienced the same thing. Blake Griffin experienced the same thing. DeAndre Jordan knows what the deal is. The Lakers are the kings of LA. The Clippers are the redheaded adopted stepbrother who the family didn't even want. And now they got to give them clothes. They got to give them food. And they're just wondering when the heck are they going to move out of here because they've already been here for 18 years. And that's all I got to say about all that, folks. Can we talk about the college rule? Can we talk about how athletes in the state of California can now make money? The NCAA is pissed at this. LeBron, he gassed this up on his show. He had the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, on his show signing the thing. He signed the thing on the show. And uh, that's all I got to say, man. Look, I don't know. That's all I got to say about that. I'm happy. I, I'm happy for this. Athletes can make money. Zion Williamson was selling out. The Duke Arena, dudes are playing 10000 paying $10,000 a seat to see this guy play. He didn't see a dime. First, families struggling to keep the lights on. You're making millions of dollars on these kids. I'm all for it. These kids can sign endorsement deals if they go to a school in LA, or California, rather. They can, they can profit off their likeness. They can make a video game basically off uh, California schools. That'd be great. I'm all for it. Pay the athletes. I'm all, Chris McCain, who was a previous guest, we all talk about it. Previous guest, rather. Pay the student athletes. And this is great because now the money does not come out of the college. The money comes out of uh, endorsements and companies. So the colleges don't have to worry about paying uh, athletes. Can we get to the interview? I'm excited about this interview, ladies and gentlemen. International Boxing Hall of Famer, trainer to the best, Buddy McGirt. He's had a heck of a year. He's had a heck of a year, man. Lots of ups and lots of downs. But my man stays. He's like water. He flows. He doesn't get too high or too low. He's an OG. I'm happy to know. I'm lucky to know Buddy McGirt personally, man. The dude is like the OG you need in your life. He's giving you that wisdom. He's training a whole bunch of good fighters. And, of course, we talk about Canelo and Kovalev. So uh, let's drop the beat and let's go to the interview. This a different era. You the past and you the past. Said yourself that I'm a Tesla. No longer need diesel gas. Kind of like the Cavs. Ain't really need diesel ads. And even in Miami, won that on the strength of flags. I'm with Hall of Fame trainer, international trainer of the year. You've been in Arturo Gotti's corner. Now you're in Sergey Kovalev's corner. My man, Buddy McGirt. Buddy, you're a recurring guest. Thank you. I hope you're an award-winning listener soon enough. But thank you so much for coming back on the show, making time for us at the world-famous McGirt's Boxing Club. How are you doing this morning, buddy? Great. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. Well, I You've been doing a lot of media lately, so I really appreciate this time. I saw you, buddy. You went down to the downtown LA. You're doing interviews with Chris Mannix. You're hanging out with Kovalev. Big <laughs> press conference, the zone, all that, and then some. I got to get your opinion, buddy. What would you think of the press conference? What do you think I mean, of the whole experience? It was great, but the, the like, three-hour window, we just sat around and did nothing. It was a lot of that? Yeah. Did you I mean, sign any gloves? Did you no, see I any fans? No, didn't have to do that. Okay. Uh, Canelo and Kovalev did. But like in the mornings we were busy till like one o'clock. Okay. And then after that you had to wait till five o'clock. Okay. Till the press conference started. I hope they fed you and give you water and stuff. No, they didn't. I had to go. I had to go for myself. I had to find a hot dog truck. <laughs> <laughs> so you, did you? Were you there when Canelo and Kovalev took their world famous selfie? They took this selfie. It got a lot of love and it got a lot of hate. Were you around for that? You know, to be honest, they took so many pictures. I really. Really. Yeah. People were there to see Buddy McGirt more than no, that's not true. <laughs> so now the last time we spoke, you had no idea this fight was going to go down. We, right. You were focused on Anthony Yard, which was a crazy fight. But now it's locked in November 2nd, which is a big fight week. A lot of fights going on November 2nd. You're locked into the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. I got to tell you, you saw the stare down. You saw Canelo face to face. What did you think right off the bat? The size difference is something I noticed right away. Canelo moving up two divisions. What did you see from the eyes of a Hall of Fame trainer? I don't, I don't look at the size difference. Okay. Because 
You figure Sugar Ray Leonard beat Tommy Hearns, who right. was bigger than him. Mm -hmm. He beat Marvin Hagler, who was bigger than him. And he beat Donnie DeLon, who was bigger than him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm not looking at the size difference. My, my job is for Kovalov that night is to be the better and the smarter fighter. If we never, ever do it again, yeah. that's the night we got to put all on the line. You know what I love? It's no secret that Sergey Kovalev is getting a big bag for this fight. This is a big, big fight. It's a big deal for Kovalev. A lot of fighters who go over to the zone or they get these new contracts, there's a lot of disputes. I love to see that you and Sergey are still doing it together, man. I, I, it seems to be the biggest fallout sometimes between trainers and new contracts and stuff. Right. I don't know if you ever experienced that, but it's just good to see that you're in his corner this time. I, I've never, I've never experienced it because you know, man, the fighters, they, you know, they always put on the line and. You know what I mean? And it's okay, buddy, you know what I mean? Uh, let's negotiate when we yeah. get it done. You know, I'm not going to outbid myself. And right. I, but I'm, at the same time, I'm, I'm not going to let them lowball me either. There you go. But, you know, sometimes people have a tendency to uh, want more, mm -hmm. which is okay, but there's a time and place for that. Right. And now, what are you, what, what you going to prepare Sergey with? Because last time you said is he had to just go back to what he was good at. He, seemed, he, he lost his jab. He lost how to use his yeah. reach. He looked, he looked like he found it back in the yard fight. Got a little crazy in that fight. We'll talk about it in a second, but he seemed to found that foundation again, especially in the Alvarez fight, right. use it in the yard fight. Is that what you're expecting to, to use in the, in the, in the Canelo listen, fight? What, be, what beats the basics? Nothing. Nothing. You know what I mean? So, but the key is, when you do the basics, is to be better than the next man. Mm. Or a little sharper with it. You know what I mean? Not go out here and try to do some all this other craziness. Mm -hmm. You know, you add a little bit to your uh, to your repertoire. Right. I like that word, huh? I like that. Uh, Rachel taught me that word. You saved it for the interview. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and just add a little bit to it and just remind them of certain things. Okay. All right. I hear you. So, everybody, all the haters are saying, look, Canelo's just going to drop it down to the breadbasket. He's going to tear up Kovalev on the body because he's supposedly soft on the body. Right. I'm sure you're hearing all that as well, and you're maybe, you're, little, you're maybe you're giggling in the back like, oh, okay, let's see what this guy can do to Kovalev. Are you, are you expecting, like, Canelo to do that, just to drop oh, it down? Well, he's going to try. I mean, you, I mean, it's no secret. Yeah. That, you know, but who likes it to the body? Nobody. Nobody. But here's the trick, though. Guys that like to go to the body, uh -huh. they don't like it to the body. Interesting. So... That's Rachel's phone. One of three. Two burners and a normal phone. <laughs> so, I mean, so guys that like to go to the body, if right. you give them a little bit of their own medicine, mm. they're, they're not going to like it's it. It's a whole different ballgame. Interesting. Can we, can we talk about the yard fight real quick? Sure. It got a little crazy. I think it was the seventh or eighth round eighth where round. eighth, eighth round, uh, Kovalev was on E. It looked like he was on fumes for a second. Uh, Yard and his trainer were saying, uh, go for broke. I don't know if you saw the video after. They said, go and try and take him out. Right. And it uh, didn't happen. Kovalev survived in his hometown of Russia, it seemed like. It was in his hometown, right, yeah. in his backyard. Yeah. Everybody's cheering for him. You, they get, it gets back in the corner. You kind of, uh, you woke him up verbally a little bit, saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this fight, right? Yes, you know, you got, sometimes you got to light the fire. Okay. But what happened was he was winning the fight easily with yep. a jab. Yep. And he got lazy. Yeah. And, you know, Yard hit him with a good punch. And you know, sometimes like a fighter could be here, mm -hmm. and then it gets easier. You go here. Mm -hmm. Now you get here, then the other guy picks it up. Now you gotta regain it. Right. So, but he regained it the wrong way. He took a lot of punches. <laughs> yeah. <to regain> it. <laughs> you know he mean? tried though. <laughs> yeah. So I told him, I said, look, if this is what you're gonna, I mean, you know, and I mean, the crazy part is that 
the first thing that came to my mind was Dada Chef. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. I'm like, oh my God. So I was in a really, at that moment, I was in a really, really effed up situation. Sure. I don't wish that on nobody. And sure. The funny thing is, one of the cornermen handed me the towel. For the Kovalev fight? Yeah. Okay. He said, throw it in. And I took the towel, but then I started thinking, I'm like, why the hell is he giving me the towel? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? And I got in the ring with the towel in my hand. Right. And the commissioner says, what are you going to do with that towel? I said, I'm going to put it down. He goes, no, you give it to me. He goes, you can't take the towel in the ring. So I said, okay. As I'm talking to Sergey, boom, 10 seconds out as I'm getting out, the referee says, everything okay? I'm like, yeah. And as I get out, the commissioner guy says, now you can take the towel again. Okay. And I went down, I sat down, and I'm like, and I threw the towel down. And I said to myself, why, does, why the hell would this guy hand me the towel? You know what I mean? Right. If, if I had to stop it at that point, I'd probably still be in Russia right now as a hostage. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, there's got to be outside pressure in that situation, right? You're looking around, and you're just surrounded by. The, the funny part was, when I told him I was going to stop it, he goes, don't stop it, buddy. I got him now. He's tired. Yeah. He goes, I got him. I said, all right. I said, show me something. Then he went on and took control again. And then after that, the rest is history. And now you got him here. Yeah. You got him into this moment, the biggest fight of the year so far. Right. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And I think it's going to be a very, very interesting fight. In right. In the sense that you're going to see a big man and a small man trying to outsmart each other, not the bigger man trying to come in and, and impose his size on the smaller guy. Because Canelo is a hell of a fight. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, that's no secret. You know what I mean? He's, you know, to me, he's one of the top five out there. So you would put him, Loma, Crawford, Can um, who am I missing maybe? Who'd Kovalev. Kovalev at number four, <laughs> obviously. And then number five, who would you put in the top five? Is there a guy out there uh, that, that you can put in that class? Honestly, today? Yeah. No. There's just four. It's, yeah. a Mount, it's a Mount Rushmore right now. Yes. I mean, today, I mean, listen, I, I just, you know, I guess – I'm very old school. Okay. And everybody tells me that, you know, and but that's why I learned. Mm -hmm. So to me, uh, the guys today, they have some really good fighters out there. Right. But I think the problem today is everyone throws around the word great. The guy's great. But then as soon as he gets beat, he's not great no more. Right. No, a guy's great when he gets beat and he's able to come back. And like Coppola. And redeem himself. Right. That's great. You know, the greatest fighter ever, Sugar Ray Robinson, you know, he got beat, mm -hmm. but he came back, you know, and everyone says, well, Floyd had a 50-bout win streak. Ray Robinson had a 90-fight win streak. Right. 90. <laughs> they don't mention that. They didn't Julio Cesar Chavez win his first 86 or yeah, something like but, that? Yeah, I mean, Ray Robinson had, but in those days, Ray Robinson fought everybody. Right. So to win 90 straight fights back in the 50s, 40s and 50s, you had to be a hell of a fighter. Yes. You know what I mean? But today, if a guy's on a win streak, they go, oh, this guy's great. But he only got 10 fights. How the hell is he great? Right. When you determine how a guy's great is, when he loses and comes back, Sugar Ray Leonard lost to Roberto Duran, came back. Yep. You know what I mean? Right. That's what greatness is. When you come back from adversity or loss and you, and you beat all the top guys, then you can say, okay, this guy's great. You know what I mean? Not, it's not knocking Floyd because Floyd... I will say this on his, be on his behalf. Mm -hmm. He fought everybody out there that was put in front of him. Right. For all the top guys, Cotto, Canelo, Pacquiao, whoever was there, Floyd fought him. I got, I mean, I, I can't, I can't knock him for that. Right. But 
um, at the same time, you get uh, some of these guys today, they say, oh, this guy's great. I say, what did he do so great? Who did he beat that you can say he's great? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? And they look at you like, well, he beat this guy. Okay. And your point is? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of, like, stat padding and looking yes. at different records and you know taking I mean? care of guys. I mean, you got guys, you know, they build up guys' records. Right. They go, oh, the guy's 17, 18, and oh, yeah, but who's he fight? Who'd he fight? No, who'd he fight? I mean, I could come back now and be 20 and no. Yeah. You know what I mean? At heavyweight. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you can find some guys out there in right. Tijuana, so, you know, too. They don't, they don't, today, they don't take fighters and build them like they used to. There was a time that, you know, when you was 10 and 0, 12 and 0, you earned it. You, know, you right. earned that 10 and 0 or 12 and 0. Today, guys are 12 undefeated. You know, they go to different places and pad their records. Right. And then when they get put under in the big showdown, Reality kicks in. The lights they come look on. At, they look at their corners like, what happened? Right. Like, hey, we forgot to tell you about this. Right. Golden Boy has been doing a lot of that lately. They've been throwing their prospects to the wind and see what happens. And You got to do that. You gotta you, eventually, you got to see what you got, right? You got to roll the dice sometimes. But, you know, a lot of these guys, they won't roll the dice until they have the opportunity where it's, okay, if I lose, I gotta, I'm making a good amount of money. Right. But it's like, okay, but the key is to learn, man, you know. I watched a fight the other night, a kid named Terrell Williams. Okay. Hell of a prospect. Okay, he lost it to Thomas DeLorme. But now, I believe that's going to make him a better fighter. Right. If he watches the fight, evaluate what he did wrong, and come back, I believe. I sent him a text afterwards. That's what's going to make him a better fighter, how he comes back from that loss. Right. You know what I mean? And a lot of guys today, they have a loss, and they, they quit, or they go back and they fight 10 more bombs. It's like, nah, man, you... You have that loss, you got to jump back in, the, in there and see what you got. So you're not about confidence building whatsoever. You're just yeah, about... In the beginning, yeah, but okay. after a while, you hit that point. It's like, okay. Let's see. Let's go now. It's, it's, it's the, go time. You see the crap will get off the pot. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? But it's not like that today. It's like your guy Adam, though. Your guy Adam is 13-1, but he fights... Most of his guys he's facing are undefeated. He beat four undefeated guys. Yeah. Right and then when he fought the last undefeated guy, he got robbed. Should have been a draw. But anyway, he learned, he came back. Right. Then he fought a, another kid from Puerto Rico who was like 15 and one with like 14 knockouts. Right. He drops Adam in the second and third round. Crazy fight. Adam gets up and stops the guy. Right. Now that kid right there, you can say, okay, this kid is a future champion. Mm -hmm. But you get some of these guys, man. You know, I seen a guy fight the other night who was 15 and 0. I could beat him. Because he hasn't fought nobody. He hasn't fought nobody. Right. Um, Adam, from what I've heard, is tentatively scheduled to fight November 2nd as well. No, he's fighting uh, they November moved him. 30th. They moved him. Okay, because I was going to say, how would that work? If no, you he, had his, he had his appendix removed. Oh, there you go. So he's fighting November 30th. And that fight's in at the Cosmo, or is it going to be here at the, in guess L.A.? Is, your guess is good as mine. Okay, I'm trying to figure out the top rank schedule so I get yeah. there. I get there. I can watch the fight. Do you think, is Canelo Kovalev the biggest fight in your career as a trainer? Uh, no, I think the biggest fight. Tarver Jones. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that was the biggest fight because Roy had just won the heavyweight title. And he was coming back down. Right. That's a crazy fight because Antonio Tarver was just yelling and yamming for that fight, and Roy didn't have to fight him. No, he didn't. He was asking for the fight, and they got the fight happened, and we all know what happened with, with, with those the, two fights. The rematch, he knocked out Roy. Knocked him out. And had the third fight. Had the third fight, and Roy brought his dad back. Right. You know what I mean? That, was, that fight was interesting because... It was in Florida, 
Both guys from Florida. And they had all the NBA players there. I mean, Michael Jordan was there. Everybody was there, man. It was that was one of the best weeks in boxing that I've had. I had such a great time, man. Because you know, because you're hanging out. You're James, hanging. was the fight week better than the actual fight? So they had um, everybody there. You know what I mean? So it was it was it was a lot of fun. It was a fun week, and a great week of boxing and hanging out with everybody. You know what I mean? How many people could say Michael Jordan sat ringside and watched the fight? And the winner of that fight. Got, you know, they said whoever wins this fight is going to get the role in the movie Rocky. So Tarver won, and he Tarver got the role. And he, he got, got the, the, the yeah. Mason Dixon. Yeah, the Mason Dixon. <laughs> if Roy would have won, Roy would have got it. That's crazy. Yeah, but, you know, Tarver got it. So, you know what I mean? So, but now, you know, you know, like, uh, but today, like I say, you know, uh, I would say also Mayweather Gaddy, but now nah, it, it was, anybody knew that, what that was going to be like. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah, we knew what the deal was right. with that fight. So, but the rematch with Tarvin Roy was also big as well. And yeah. Vegas. I mean, Don King, you know, I mean, Don King, he really put a lot of stuff on display. When, when Roy went down, what was your reaction? Don't get up. <laughs> and it looked like to me, Jay Nady was saying one Mississippi, two Mississippi. He's doing one of these. Yes, I'm like, yo, man, get to 10. <laughs> what the hell you waiting on? And, um, and then, um, after the fight, you know, they had a big party for Roy. Right. Don King did. Mm-hmm. And had ice sculptures. They, had, they rented a room in Mandalay Bay. They had ice sculptures. It was crazy. It was it was gorgeous. They had Bentleys, everything parked in there. Wow. I was at that party. They that's the like, best. That's <laughs> the party to be at. <laughs> They're like, yo, buddy, you're not going to Thomas party? I'm like, they don't have this at Thomas party. <laughs> this is way more fun. You, they got better food here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, watching a prime Floyd Mayweather corner speed wise at that weight is he the is he it was is he the best fighter you've seen speed wise in his prime like that from the corner from a corner as a trainer corner, yeah. not in the ring or not in the gym and and from a corner watching him and like when he fought Arturo yeah Arturo thought he was surrounded that's how many times I mean he was right. just it was unbelievable I gotta honestly say it was unbelievable and um Bob Ram said something to me after the fight he goes buddy it's a different league he was right it was a different league, man. What what made it change? Because Floyd, and I don't know if you have any input on this, Floyd, probably because he brought his dad in, pretty boy Floyd was an offensive guy, came forward more, took more chances. Money May was more of a counterfighter, defensive fighter. Do you think as age went on, he adjusted? Because usually guys just go with what they know, and you're always going to go back to the well, well I eventually. Heard, I heard he had hand problems. Okay. You know what I mean? So if you got hand problems, you got to be careful. Okay. But, you know what I mean, especially if you got $10, $15 million on the line you're fighting for, then the next fight you're getting another $20 million. So I ain't going to try to knock you. I'm just going to box the hell out of you. That's a great point. I got to stay healthy for these two dates, right? I got to protect my hands, you know what I mean? So, but before he had hand problems, he was, he was, he was reaching out and touching them. He was like AT&T. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got to ask you this because um, one interested spectator in all this Kovalev Canelo stuff is Andre Ward. He acts like he's not interested, but he tweets about it. He talks about Kovalev a lot. He goes to Kovalev fights as an analyst. Right. Is there a part of him in the back thinking, man, the zone, if Kovalev can beat Canelo, if Kovalev can beat Bevel, and it makes it more enticing, is it, do you want that fight for him to help Kovalev get his revenge, or are you at peace? Is Kovalev at peace, or is that Andre Ward go still lingering possibly, in right. your opinion? To be honest, I'm not even thinking about that. doesn't matter. I just 
just got November second on my mind. That's it. Yeah, man. Can't put can't put the cart before the horse. There you go. Right, man. So look, before we go, I want to thank you once again, Buddy Thanks McGurk, for, for coming me. on, man. This is the second time. Uh, where can they follow you at? To follow the social media, to watch your morning inspiration, uh, to see your quotes. On my, on my Instagram. Okay. Buddy McGurk Boxing. There it is right there down below. You yeah. can catch Buddy McGurk all fight week, I'm yeah. sure, from Halloween. I don't know if you're going to have a Halloween costume, but you're going to be spending Halloween in Vegas this year. Yeah. Should be a good old time. I'm sure James will be there in his, in his own costume at the, at the club doing his, doing his thing. I'm going as a young James Tony. That's, that's, your, that's your costume. Yeah, I'm going to be a young James Tony. <laughs> You're going to have to hide from all the people <laughs> wanting to take pictures for, with you, selfies, media. It's going to be a crazy week for you in Vegas. I can't wait to see you there. If, I, if I'm not there on fight night, I'll be there some way, somehow, no, buddy. you got to be there, man. Uh, I'm going to roll with Rachel and James and Sheer Sports Management. Listen, don't let Rachel or James drive. You okay. Drive. I'll drive. Don't let James But I need that behind no. the scenes of, of, of you and, Rachel, and the zone Rachel, banners, bro. Rachel, you know, she... Don't let her drive. Opposite side of the road. <laughs> Buddy McGurk, ladies and gentlemen, catch him out November 2nd, the biggest fight of the year, Sergey Kovalev versus Canelo Alvarez for the WBO Light Heavyweight Championship of the World. 12 rounds. Buddy, I have one more question. This fight's in Vegas. We know what bet. goes. I don't bet. Are you going for the knockout, knowing what happens in Vegas, or are you going to just do you and, and going for the victory? And you just do you. Yes, Buddy McGurk, ladies and gentlemen, my man. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You want to get in here? Hey. Ivan, what's up, man? Thanks again to my guy, Buddy McGirt, folks. Make sure to check out the Higher Path Collective, the best dispensary in Los Angeles. Our presenting sponsor for Too Legit. Can I talk about the big fight this past weekend before we go off? Into the sunset. Errol Spence Jr. versus Showtime Sean Porter. This is for the WBC and the IBF welterweight championships of the world. I love unification fights. The best versus the best. Somebody's belt has got to go. And in most cases, somebody's O has got to go. But in the end, Errol Spence kept his O. And he won a split decision, as I predicted. It was an 8-1. I thought this fight was going to be a draw or a split decision. Nobody ever looks good against Sean Porter. Nobody. Dude comes forward, has an ugly style, porn star cardio for all 12 rounds. And he just, he's elbows, he, he's elbows and, head, and forehead with beautiful punches. And Errol Spence is an underrated boxer. He's got okay power, right? He's got decent power, great boxing skill. Doesn't pivot and punch like how a lot of people would want him to. If he could pivot and counter a little more, he probably could have widened out the, the score a little bit. I had the fight 7-5 in favor of Errol Spence, plus the knockdown in the 11th. Look, this was a great fight, man. Did Errol Spence get exposed? Absolutely not. Errol Spence is a great fighter. He's arguably the best welterweight 147 pounder in the world sean porter is so damn good he's always been underrated his whole life we talked about this in our interview back in feb in march rather uh before his fight with your dennis ugas who was his wbc mandatory sean porter is about four rounds away from being the unified welterweight champion of the world i mean one two Three or four rounds go his way. He's the unified champion. He's got all the belts. Dude fights everybody. I'd love to see Sean Porter fight Terrence Crawford next. I feel like he can cross over and we can really see what goes down because PBC and Errol Spence, they are not going to fight Terrence Crawford in the near future. There's a plan and I can see it, guys. I can see this plan. They had Danny Garcia in the ring, ready to rock and roll. Does Danny Garcia deserve the shot at the title? 
he's the WBC mandatory, right? I don't think he deserves a shot at the title right now. I would love to see Danny Garcia fight Ugas. That's the fight I want to see. Maybe Lipinitz gets his, his hands in there as well. But look, we all know why. It's top rank versus PBC. And they got a plan for Errol Spence. They, they sold out Dallas Cowboys Stadium. That's a pay-per-view. Boom. Watch this Mayweather model they're doing. Now they go to LA, sell out big pay-per-view, hopefully 300,000 buys. Boom. Now they're going to take Danny Garcia, who sells out the Barclays, who's got the Philly crowd. He's going to fill up the Barclays Center for the TV, right? And now you're projecting that Errol Spence is a bigger and bigger and bigger draw. He's headline shows in Texas, LA, and New York, okay? Sellouts and pay-per-views. They are building this up so he can face Manny Pacquiao in the summer of 2020 for all the belts because Mikey Garcia and Manny Pacquiao are going to fight. Pacquiao's going to win that fight. And now they're going to do Pacquiao- Spence, I'm gonna say July in Vegas. That's the biggest fight. That's the last. That's the last spot Errol Spence has to conquer, and then they can really talk about Terence Crawford because Terence Crawford is the boogeyman. He's a scary, scary individual, and nobody wants to fight him. PBC won't acknowledge him, but I love me some Terence Crawford. Got to see Spence and Crawford. But I'm, all, you know, I'm. All, I don't know about the Danny Garcia fight. Of course, they know we're gonna watch it, right? So they will put that fight up on the screen, and uh, we'll see what it is. Shout out to my guy. David Benavides, my my special, my fellow Ecuadorian. He's a special individual. He uh, regained his belt. He's still undefeated. He's never lost. The compa has to come back on the show and uh, show off those shiny new belts. So shout out to David Benavides getting the stoppage win over Mr. Durrell, who's a tough fighter as well. That's all I got to say about that. We're going to talk about some Triple G and Dervichenko. We're going to talk about Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker, and of course, Clarissa Shields fights. But that's all going to go down later this week with our next guest, Rising star, heavyweight beast, Roni Hines. Roni stops by on the show, and uh, we talk about all things. This dude is a large, big black dude who was uh, an all-state swimmer. Can't wait to talk about him, folks. My name is Alex Fernandez. You're watching Too Legit at Too Legit Show at Mr. Alex Fernandez. All the links in the description. Leave some comments below. Leave a rating. Let us know what you like on today's show.